October. So when we say, I know there's been a lot going on this month, it's usually October, but um, you know, everybody has a lot going on in December, right? So um, I'm really excited that, I'm really excited to be up here again today because the Holy Spirit has been moving in our church and he's been moving in the people in our church. And I am just ecstatic to see that happening um, because we don't want to be a church where we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move, right? Because if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move, then we're not operating in the power that he's promised us and the power that he's given us. So we need to make sure that we are constantly just surrendering to him, constantly surrendering to him and saying, Holy Spirit, do what you're going to do. Work in my life, work in the life of those around me, work in our church, work in our community, because without that power, then we're not going to be effective. All right. So we need to make sure that we are operating in the power that he's promised us. So I hope that you have been getting as much out of this series on the Holy Spirit as I have, because it's been a really uh, eye opening to me to be reminded of all the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And we can get so busy with things going on around us. Um, I don't know about you, but this year has felt like it's flown by. All right. And uh, I have been busier than I've ever been in my life. I don't know why. Okay, um, but listen, we talk, Tasha and I have talked about this constantly. We're like, man, why am I so tired? Oh, that's right, this year. But to be able to just sit back and reflect on what the Holy Spirit can do and what the Holy Spirit wants to do and what, the Holy, and what God promises us through the Holy Spirit has been awesome. Um, and this is just going off track a tiny bit, but speaking of being busy, I just want to encourage you guys because um, we've talked about this as a staff and it's something that we're going to really be explaining next week and the week after. But the month of January as a church, we're taking time to just be. <laughs> we're taking a month Sabbath, if you want to call it that, as a church. We're not going to do anything extra. We'll still have the journey groups and your life groups and, and things like that. But as far as extra things, we're not going to fill up your calendars because we want everybody to be able to sit and reflect and, and um, just really press in to God for the year moving forward. Because if we don't sit and if we don't rest and take the time that he's given us to rest, then uh, we're not we're not we're going to be um, not able to really comprehend what he wants to do. We're not going to be able to let him flow through us. and We're not going to be able to uh, really have a good vision for what he wants for our years. So we're going to encourage everybody to pray for not only our church, but for yourselves. What does God want to do in you and through you in 2022? OK, but 2021 is not over yet. And God still is doing awesome things. So, um, again, I'm just really excited about what the Holy Spirit has been doing. Um, and the works that he does inside of us and through us, I know it can be a divisive topic, okay? And it's not my intention or the intention of the church to divide believers, because you might be coming here and you'd be like, I've never even heard about this before. Or you might say, I, I don't know, I've seen this misused, or I've seen things happen. But this is something that the enemy can really use to cause strife in the church. And we don't want to allow that to happen. Because if we allow the enemy to come in and say, well, you know what, is that really, is that really real? Listen. Dig into the word for yourself. Dig into the word for yourself and read it and see what God's word has to say because everything that we're talking about comes directly from God's word. My biggest thing is I, I always pray every week, and I've prayed this from the beginning, ever since the first time I got up here to preach. God, don't let me say anything that's not true. 
Don't let me get up here and say anything that's not found in your word. Because that, I, that is like my biggest fear, okay? So just be aware that I am studying God's word as, as, as we're going through this. And we are as a church because it's important to not let the enemy come in and cause divisiveness and strife, right? You got it? All right. So it's also important, though, for you to make sure that you're taking time yourself to study and to ask the Lord to reveal you, to you the truth because you can't just take my word for it. You can't just take Natasha and Sean's word for it. You need to dig into God's word yourself. And uh, if you don't know how to do that, the best way to do that, one of the best ways to do that is get plugged into a journey group because that's what you guys are doing, right? You're abiding in the word and learning how to read it. So um, anyway, all that being said, today I'm really excited and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous because this topic that we're talking about today is something that has divided people over the years. It's something that people do not understand. It's one aspect of the Holy Spirit that tends to be something that's controversial. Everybody say controversial. controversial. We never get up here and preach anything that's controversial, right? Um, and people have a hard time understanding it, but we're talking today about speaking in tongues. And it's something that has divided people, like I said, for years because it might have been misused in the church too often or maybe people have seen it abused. People are like, man, I don't understand what's going on. Why are people running around saying things that I, can, that I don't understand? Maybe you've never heard of it. Like I think I've told you, I grew up in a church that we never talked about the Holy Spirit, much less speaking in tongues. And so the first time I came here, I was terrified because I heard that was the crazy church that speaks in tongues. And... I said, I, I don't want to go to the crazy church, but all my friends are going to the crazy church, so I might as well try it. And the Holy Spirit did a lot of work in me in the, the first few weeks, and I realized, okay, this church, first of all, isn't crazy. Um, and also, there might be more to this than, I'm, than I realized. So um, that's why I think it's important for us to focus on this today, because I don't want to, to neglect teaching you about things about the Holy Spirit just because it might be controversial, because the Holy Spirit wants to move and the holy spirit wants to give us power to do the work that he's called us to do and so we can't just ignore some parts that the bible teaches us right we need to make sure that we're understanding and that's that's my goal here is to help everybody understand more fully how the holy spirit works in our lives you got it are you with me all right, cool. So the first thing that you might be asking then today is what is speaking in tongues? I know we talked about it a little bit last week, and I promised you that this week we would talk more about it. So the first thing you need to know about tongues is that it's always an experience that's going to be manifested by the Holy Spirit through you, okay? So um, if you are open and surrendered to the Holy Spirit, then he's going to manifest that through you, all right? Biblically speaking, there's four types of tongues as we know them, okay? I mean, it, there's no list in here, but the way that we've studied the Scripture and the way the Scripture lays it out, there's four types of tongues um, as we know them. And it's important for us to make a distinction for you to understand a little bit better about them. And without this distinction, it's easy to get confused or misuse this awesome tool and gift that the Holy Spirit's given us. And that's where people have, have gotten in trouble in the past. Not here, but in the Big C Church, people have gotten in trouble uh, misusing the gift that the Holy Spirit's given them. So the four types of tongues that we're going to talk about today is tongues as a sign to unbelievers, tongues for interpretation, tongues for personal prayer, and tongues for intercession, okay? And we're going to talk about the differences of those things. So are you ready for that? All right, just buckle up, be prepared, sit down. Um, and we're going to be going through a lot of scripture today because, again, we want to be teaching you what is found in the word of God. So how do we tell the difference between the types of speaking in tongues and how do we use them correctly? 
We do that by looking at God's word and seeing what he says about them. So the first type of tongues that we're talking about, a lot of this, um, as we've taken scripture, we're, Tasha and I are also reading this book called The Holy Spirit by John Bevere. And so uh, he's really helped to lay out th- these different things for us and helped us to understand them a little better. So a lot of the stuff that I'm taking um, has been from his book as I've read through it and it's helped me to understand better. So I hope it helps you too. But the first type of speaking in tongues that we're talking about is as a sign to unbelievers assigned to unbelievers. When the disciples were in the upper room in Acts 2, praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming over them so they could have the power to do what he's called them to do, three things happened when the Spirit fell upon them. The first thing was that a mighty wind rushed through the room, okay? A mighty wind was rushing through the room. They're inside, okay? So would that be weird, first of all? Would that be a little scary? Anybody? Yeah? Okay. Um, so a mighty wind's rushing through the room. And then something even weirder happens. There's like a flame that comes and little flames appear above the disciples' heads. Okay. So the wind, maybe you can explain that. But then the flames above people's heads, do you think you could explain that away? I'd be like, ah, oh, dude, you have, you have fire above your head. And they'd be like, you do too. And then, you know. Um, so it's, it would be scary, but also knowing that this is what the Holy Spirit has done. Okay. And then the third thing that happened, they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So what actually happened when they started speaking in different tongues? What were people hearing? Everyone in the crowd heard the disciples speaking different languages, but not just different languages, languages that they in the crowd could understand, but not languages that the disciples knew how to speak. So I'm going to read to you this passage from Scripture, Acts 2, verses 4 through 12, because it gives a good picture of what happened. It says, and this is after they pray, the Holy Spirit's come down. All the people present are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin speaking in languages they've never spoken as the Spirit empowers them. And then verse 5, because of the Holy Festival, there are devout Jews staying as pilgrims in Jerusalem from every nation under the sun. They hear the sound and crowd gathers. They are amazed because each of them can hear the group speaking in their native languages. And they are shocked and amazed by this. Okay, because they're not from here. You know, we're, we're in Maine, and, like, you know when somebody's not from here, right? So they weren't from here. They weren't, they, they didn't, they shouldn't have been able to understand what was being said. And the people that were there said, just a minute, aren't all of these people Galileans? How in the world do we all hear our native languages being spoken? Look, there are Parthians here, and Medes, and Elamites, and Mesopotamians, and Judeans, residents of Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygians and Pamphylians, I'm really sorry that I, that I may be pronouncing these wrong, um, Egyptians and Libyans from Cyrene, Romans, including both Jews by birth and converts, Cretans and Arabs. There's a lot of people, okay? Do you get it? There's a lot of people here. Um, we're, uh, sorry, we're each in our own languages hearing these people talk about God's powerful deeds. So it wasn't just muttering things in these languages. They were talking about what God does. They were giving the gospel message in tongues, but in tongues, languages that they could understand. Okay? Their amazement becomes confusion, though, as they wonder, what does this mean? And then there's some skeptics. Well, 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 we'll get to the skeptics in a second. But first of all, it says everyone was amazed because they're not in a place, okay, where they were expecting to hear their native tongues being spoken, yet here it was happening. This was as a sign to the unbelievers. Not everyone who heard this, though, agreed and believed that what they were hearing was a miracle from the Holy Spirit. In verse 13, it said, the skeptics say, it doesn't mean anything. They're all drunk on some fresh wine, okay? So this miracle is happening, and 
People are hearing the gospel message in their own languages that they have no right to be hearing in this place. But you still have some people saying, that doesn't mean anything. They've obviously had a little bit too much to drink and just ignore it, okay? But then it wasn't until Peter started preaching to the crowd that what they saw was something supernatural and amazing that they started to understand it. Because I don't know if you remember, we talked about Peter and we talked about how when he received the, Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he was able to operate in that power that he had the boldness to go forward in front of the crowd of people and start explaining what was going on. And Peter, from a few, from a few weeks before, would have been like, uh, yeah, they're probably drunk. You're right. I don't know them. Okay. But instead, he had the boldness to come forward and say, these guys aren't drunk. And in fact, this is what's happening. And then he started quoting scripture from, from the book of Joel, where Joel explains everything that's going to be happening. And he explains that this is the Holy Spirit coming down and flowing through the disciples. He had boldness to do that. Just know there's always going to be skeptics, okay? It's just human nature, but we can't let the skepticism stop us from letting the Spirit come over us. Peter was able to explain it to the crowd, and 3,000 people were saved, okay? Imagine that happening today. Imagine tongues being used as a sign to unbelievers, and then all of a sudden we see people getting saved because why on earth would you be speaking German? You don't, you don't know German, okay? But you're giving me the perfect gospel message. Paul talked about this miracle in 1 Corinthians 14, 20 through 22. So um, this isn't just a one instance in the book of Acts. He actually talks about this in 1 Corinthians 14. So in verses 20 through 22... It says, brothers and sisters, don't think like children. Be innocent of malice, but mature in understanding. In the law, it states, I will send my message to this people with strange languages and foreign lips. And even when that happens, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. He was quoting the book of Isaiah there. And then verse 22, it says, so speaking in unknown languages is not a sign to the believing, but a miracle to the unbelieving. Prophecy, though it is not a sign to the unbelieving, but for the believing. Okay, so Paul even says, listen, this type of speaking in tongues, when you're speaking in unknown language, but people can understand you because you're speaking in their language, that's not a sign to the believers. That's a sign to the unbelievers. That's something that God uses through us to reach unbelievers, okay? In the book, The Holy Spirit, like I said, like I talked about earlier by John Bevere, he tells a story of, of something like this happening. So he's up on the stage preaching, and there's a woman in the back of the church just quietly praying in tongues the whole service that he's preaching. Okay, She's not, like, she's not yelling it out. She's not creating chaos. She's just in the back praying in tongues, like I know Sarah Bulkley's doing right now because she's way in the back. <laughs> um, but she's in the back praying in tongues, and at the end of the service— this is a true story, according to John Bevere. Uh, the guy that was sitting close to her came up to her and he said, Wow, your French is perfect. The dialect that you were speaking was immaculate. Where did you learn to speak French? And she looked at him and she goes, I don't know how to speak French. And he said, What are you talking about? He said, You were not only uh, praying for the Holy Spirit to, to use uh, John Bevere, but you also were quoting the scriptures he used before he even said what he was going to be saying. So she was praying in tongues the whole time. She had no idea what she was saying. But this guy, who then John goes on to say he was, he was visiting, he wasn't a believer, he was able to hear and understand what she was saying because he spoke French, okay? And the Holy Spirit used that to reach this guy who then came to know Jesus, 
okay? So this is a sign. This is what I mean by it being a sign to unbelievers, that the Holy Spirit can use that to reach people that don't know Jesus. And imagine, imagine just being somebody going to, I don't know, those of, those of you who have been to Guatemala with me, going to Guatemala, like playing with the kids, and then all of a sudden, like they start speaking perfect English. You'd be like, what's going on? What's going on? But that's how the Holy Spirit wants to use us in, that, in this instance, okay? Tongues for, uh, as a sign to unbelievers is being able to share the gospel message in their language. Wouldn't that be awesome? I personally have never seen this happen, but I would love to see it happen, okay? I don't know if you would too, but I definitely would. It would be incredible. Um, and it's not something that I, I, would, I would use to brag because, again, I... I don't know how to speak other languages. I took a couple years of Spanish, so uh, if you want to have a conversation, it's not going to go very far. Uh, but I, I, I would love to see this happen. And then, again, not to brag, but to say thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, if you want to use that again through me, that'd be awesome. But if not, that was incredible. Okay? So that's the first, that's the first um, use of speaking in tongues. That's the first thing that, that's, that we lay out in Scripture here. That's tongues as a sign to the unbelievers. That's a public use of the gift. Okay, a public use of the gift. The second public use of the gift of speaking in tongues is tongues for interpretation. Everybody say interpretation. <laughs> so just like the first, it's a public use of the gift. But this one is a gift given to us by God in order to be used for the edification of his body. So the first one's as a sign to unbelievers. The second one is as an uh, edification to his body or an encouragement to the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, it explains the gifts that the Spirit gives to different believers to build up the body. Okay, Because Paul says, listen, um, the Holy Spirit has given us each different gifts to build up the body of Christ. So we're going to be talking about a lot of these different gifts as we go throughout the series. But today I want to focus on this one specifically. But 1 Corinthians 12.10, I'm going to read it to you. And it says... As soon as I can find it, there we go. One person is enabled by the Spirit to perform miracles, another to prophesy, while another is enabled to distinguish those prophetic spirits or discern. The next one speaks in various kinds of unknown languages, while another is able to interpret those languages. One Spirit works all of these things in each of them individually as he sees fit. Okay. He's able to give this gift to believers, to believers as they're filled with the Holy Spirit, as he sees fit. Does this mean that everybody in their life is going to, have, is going to be speaking in tongues and give it tongues and interpretation? Is that what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit is the one who gives it as he sees fit. Okay, just remember that. It's not something that we're like, okay, everybody, you need to get up and give a word in tongues. That's not what we want. And in fact, that is, that is spoken against <laughs> because we want to make sure that we're doing things in order. But this is something that the Holy Spirit gives as he sees fit. So this means that it's not something we have to strive for or necessarily seek out either because the Spirit, when he gives you this gift, you're going to know it, okay? And then it's up to you whether or not to, to move forward and use that gift that he's given you. But I've heard stories. I don't have any specific ones, but I promise you I've heard stories of people that have said, man, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a message in tongues and I didn't get up and say it. But then, but then... Somebody across the room a couple minutes later got up and gave a message in tongues, and it was what I was going to be saying. So the Holy Spirit, you know, he's not, gonna, he's not just going to be stifled by our human nature, right? So if you are given this gift, you're going to know it. And if you don't use it, the Holy Spirit's still going to move, but you might be missing out on the blessing that he's trying to pay. 
So I also don't know what you've experienced in services in the past. Maybe you've experienced this being misused. Maybe you've experienced this happen and it hasn't been right and you know in your spirit that it's not right. That's happened to me too. I've been, not in this church, but I've been in different services where um, it, it got weird, but not in a good way, okay? And, like, it started happening. I'm like, this is definitely, like, you know how you feel in your spirit? This is icky. That's what it felt like. It was icky. And I said, I don't, I don't believe that this is really it. And no fruit came out of that, okay? And we realized, okay, that was definitely maybe just the person being overzealous or maybe it was the person not understanding or maybe it was the person um, without realizing it but, but being used by the enemy to cause division and strife, okay? So it's something that we have to be careful about, but we have to just discern too. We have to ask the Holy Spirit for discernment, okay? So again, I don't know what you've experienced. Maybe you've experienced this misuse. Maybe you've never heard of this before. Maybe you've seen it used and you just wish it would happen again. Whatever your experience has been, just be encouraged that there is order and we'll teach and follow what the Bible lays out for that order in a service, okay? Because as much as I want to see the Spirit working and the gifts of the Spirit in operation here, we're also not going to allow things in our church to get unscriptural or out of order based on what Paul lays out because we don't want it to be chaos. We don't want it to be a place where people come in and say, ah, and we're going to get there. At the, towards the end of the message, I'm going to explain what he says about that. Um, but he does lay out different things. In 1 Corinthians 14, verses 18 through 19, I think I have it on the screen, it says, I think, this is Paul speaking, he says, I thank God that I speak in unknown languages more than the rest of you. But when the church gathers, I would rather speak five words with my mind so that I can be understood and train others than utter 10,000 exotic words. Okay, did you catch what he said there? Paul says it's better to use five words that are understood than a whole message in tongues without an interpretation. Because a message in tongues without an interpretation, nobody's going to be edified by that, right? Nobody's going to understand that. Nobody's going to, people are going to think that's weird and that's going to just be contradictory to what we're trying to do. So Paul said, listen, if, if you don't have the interpretation, if you don't, if you're not really being led by the Holy Spirit, it's better that you speak five words with your own mind and give a good message that way than 10,000 exotic words. Are you guys following me? Does it make sense? All right, cool. So those were the two public uses of speaking in tongues. The two, the two that the Holy Spirit would use in, in a public way. Um, one more thing I want to say about um, tongues for interpretation and uh, that public use of tongues. Um, the Holy Spirit is, first of all, a gentleman. So he's not going to push it on you if, you don't, uh, if you're not open to it. But also... The Holy Spirit knows the details and the environment better than we do. And um, I want you to look at this room for a second. And I, for example, it would be very hard if somebody were to get up over in this section and start whispering something in tongues. And what if somebody who has the interpretations way over here, they can't hear it? So I believe that the Holy Spirit moves according to what our environment is, first of all, and knows, the, knows what to do. Um, and for example, somebody came up to me today and gave me a word that I read at the beginning of the service, a, a prophecy, um, rather than like, uh, rather than stand up in the room and try to yell it out so everybody can hear it. I believe that this is a way that the Holy Spirit used that, um, used that word, that word of encouragement for the body, um, to, to speak to everybody. Okay. So I'm not saying it can't happen, but what I'm saying is that we just need to trust the Holy Spirit. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to move how he knows how to, how he knows is going to be best, right? And be surrendered to that and be open to that. You got it? Cool. 
So getting into the, the second two, these are tongues that, for private setting, okay? Tongues that are used um, in our own personal walk. So the first one is tongues for personal prayer. And we're staying in 1 Corinthians 14 quite a bit because this is where Paul really lays things out. But 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 2, and it's right here. It says, uh, you see a person speaking in an unknown language is not addressing the church because he is really addressing God. Those who overhear don't understand because he is speaking in the spirit the depths of the mysteries of the Lord. So in this verse, when Paul is talking about praying in tongues, this use of tongues, this private use of tongues, he's saying that he who speaks in this in unknown languages that nobody can understand isn't speaking to men. He's speaking to whom? To God, right? So it's important to remember when we're learning the distinction between the different kinds of tongues so that we can be aware and prepared for the spirit to flow and be aware of how he wants to move and be aware of what the different uses are so that we can use them correctly, right? So in Jude, uh, verses 20 through 21, I believe that's on the screen as well. It says, you, however, should stand firm in the love of God, constructing a life within the holy faith, praying the spirit's prayer as you wait eagerly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus, the anointed, which leads to eternal life. Praying the Spirit's prayer, praying in the Spirit, praying in, in the language that might not be understood by men or isn't going to be understood by men. You're praying to God. This type of prayer is letting the Holy Spirit pray through us and build ourselves up. It's a, for our own personal edification, okay? So the people, I, you know, I, I've known people throughout the years, and I've seen it, again, happen where people just get overcome by the Spirit, and they, they feel like they just want to start praying out in tongues, and it starts to make people bristle a little bit. This type of, this type of speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, is for personal edification. The Holy Spirit is praying through us, and he wants to use that in order to communicate with God the things that we don't even understand. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But the difference between praying in tongues and having a message in tongues for the whole church has gotten murky for a lot of people. So just be aware of that. Tongues for personal prayer is hard to understand, but it's so powerful in our walk with God. It's powerful because it helps us to tap into the other gifts that the Spirit has, has given us. To, in your personal time, take those moments and, and start praying in the Spirit. Sing songs in the Spirit. If it's just you and God, who's going who's gonna to be there to make fun of you, first of all? Right? Nobody should be making fun of you. But don't be afraid of it. If you feel the Spirit overcoming you, and you're in your personal prayer time, and you feel led to just start praying in the Spirit, then do it. You don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You don't know what he wants to, what he wants to do inside of you, what he wants to activate inside of you for power. Go for it. Okay? I still struggle, though, because uh, when we're praying in tongues and having that extremely intimate time with God, uh, like, especially in the beginning, Satan would be like... That's not really speaking in tongues. You're just making it up. I'm like, I am. I guess I am. And then I would stop. And but it took it took practice. Okay, it took taking that time to really go after it, and taking that time to say, you know what, God, I'm just going to trust you, and this is what I this is what I know the Holy Spirit is doing inside of me. So I'm just going to trust you and surrender to you. And how cool is it that God gives us this tool as believers? That we can pray with understanding in our own language, which is awesome. We know what we want to pray for. That we're able to bring requests to God. But it also limits our prayers to our own understanding. But how cool is it the fact that we have access to God in the way that we're able to pray unhindered by our own understanding. It's phenomenal, right? That there are things that we don't know, but the Spirit does. And he can pray through us and build us up and pray things to God that we'd never think about. 
that we don't even understand what we're saying, but God does. It's amazing that this scripture says that we get to speak mysteries to God that he can understand and be glorified by. That we're speaking mysteries to God. Things that we won't maybe ever know what we're saying, but God does. Praying for things maybe in the future that haven't even happened yet we don't even know about, but, we're praying, but the Holy Spirit does, right? And he's communicating to God through us. So I know it's a hard subject to wrap our minds around, but just as with everything else in our walk with God, it takes faith to surrender. Faith to surrender and say, God, I'm open to whatever you have. I'm open to learning this, and I'm open to you using me in this, in this way. You got it? You still with me? Okay. So I'd be encur- I would encourage you, don't be closed off to this amazing way of communication with our Heavenly Father. Because... We already know that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us at salvation. And then we fervently seek his baptism or being overcome by his spirit so that we can be filled with his power. We talked about that last week, right? This is one of the ways that he manifests his power through us. Just like everything else in life, though, it does take practice. So you're going to have so many things, maybe your own thoughts or the enemy or people saying, well, that's not real. Coming at you or telling you that it's not real. But what better way to fight against it than just to go for it? Again. If you're in your own private prayer time, who's going to stop you, right? So, like I said, it takes surrender. Everybody say surrender. Surrender. All right, the fourth type of speaking in tongues that we're talking about is tongues for intercession. And this goes really along with um, praying in tongues. But this, uh, and it goes hand in hand with it. But Romans 8, 26 through 27, I believe I have that. Oh, that's on the screen, but it's not written down. So I'm going to turn here in my paper Bible, which everybody should use, right? except then it takes us forever to... Okay, there we go. Romans 8, 26 through 27. It says, A similar thing happens when we pray. We are weak, and we do not know how to pray. So the Spirit steps in and articulates prayers for us with groaning too profound for words. With groaning too profound for words. Don't you know that he who pursues and explores the human heart intimately knows the Spirit's mind because he pleads to God for his saints to align their lives with the will of God. So when we don't know what to pray for, when we don't know what's going on, Paul says that the Holy Spirit does, right? And then he starts praying through us with groanings too deep for words, with groanings that words can't understand. Um, I, have a, I have a buddy coming up here to, to give you a testimony. And he's moving real slow because he's all the way in the back. But um, I, we have a testimony today of somebody who, uh, that the Holy Spirit has used. Do you have the microphone, buddy? There you go. Oh, it is up here? This one. All right. So everybody say, hey, Gabe. Those of you who are in the partnership class with Gabe heard this story, um, but I thought it was important for him to come up here and just kind of explain to you um, how the Holy Spirit has used this in your life recently, right? Yes. Cool. Go ahead, man. All right. So I'm not used to this, so please forgive me for any stutterings. Um, Also, don't forget. So uh, a few months ago, uh, well, not a few, a couple months ago, uh, back in September, I was uh, doing a little project, and I took a really hard fall. I didn't fall far, but I fell hard, <laughs> and I hit my head uh, rather hard. <laughs> um, I was very dazed. I was very confused. I came up from the fall. Uh, I wasn't aware of what had happened. I didn't remember falling. I didn't remember hitting my head. Bleeding a lot, and I didn't know what was going on. Um, luckily, somebody was there, and they told me that we needed to get to the hospital. Um, and so I just uh, went to the car, 
but I didn't fight that as a young person. Um, I knew something was wrong, but I wasn't really totally aware of what was wrong other than my head was real fuzzy. Um, and I ended up going to the hospital, uh, and I wound up with uh, six stitches in my brow. I had split my, my brow wide open uh, where I hit my head. Um, and uh, I remember um, I remember almost getting to the hospital and realizing that I was speaking in a language that I was unfamiliar with. And I was later informed that from the moment I got in the vehicle all the way to the hospital, I was speaking in tongues profusely. The Holy Spirit was interceding for me the entire time. And I haven't had, I had two uh, CT scans um, and uh, I, I, had a, I had a concussion um, and I remember I was so concerned later that day when I was starting to come to you know, and I was more aware of what was going on. I'm not insured. And I was terrified of the hospital bill that I knew was coming my way. <laughs> but God had me the entire way. I haven't had a single headache since I hit my head, which is pretty normal. I was mildly drowsy for like a week, and I'm, I was fine. Um... And a check came in the mail that exactly covered my hospital bill the <laughs> same week I got my hospital bill. That's insane. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Good? You're amazing. You're awesome. I'm glad that, like, uh, thank you, Gabe. So listen, the Holy Spirit was interceding for Gabe through Gabe, okay? While this was happening, like, you didn't know what you were saying, right? <laughs> nope. But he, the Holy Spirit was praying through Gabe. And then look at what happened afterwards, the miracles that happened afterwards. Do you think that's an accident? No. Listen, the Holy Spirit was doing what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit knows everything. He was speaking to God. He was praying to God through Gabe in that, that entire time. He didn't even realize what he was doing. He told me he was so out of it. Um, and the first time I heard that, and I think, Lisa, you can probably attest, the first time we heard that, we're like, What? So I knew that Gabe had to come up here and give his testimony because this is a real-life example of the Holy Spirit doing what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit interceding for us. So it's not something weird that only happens on extremely rare occasions. He wants to do that. We need to be open to that. And Gabe, whether or not he knew it, he was open to it, okay? But he was, <laughs> he was out of it enough where like, he just let those walls down. But I believe with my whole heart that the Holy Spirit was interceding for him and through him. Thank you, Gabe, for giving that testimony. That was really powerful. So how amazing is it that even when we don't know what to pray for, even when we're not with it enough to pray, that the Spirit still prays through us, right? That's incredible. So those are the four different types or the, the like, those are the four different um, examples of speaking in tongues. Two for the person, two for um, public use, okay, and two for personal edification. And I know that it's a lot, and I really, really, really encourage you to go and study this for yourself. And if you want to know more, look up The Holy Spirit by John Bevere. Um, that book has been really helpful for us, but he really lays it out and gives the scripture. Again, 
These, this is in God's word. We don't want to preach anything against God's word. So don't get me wrong, though. Okay, don't get me wrong, because the reason this is a, such a tricky subject is because so many people have abused and misused this amazing gift that God has given us in order that we can grow closer to him. So 1 Corinthians 14, 23, I'm going to read to you, uh, which is actually on the screen. Awesome. So it says, imagine, this is Paul speaking again, same, same scripture, same chapter that he's been talking about speaking in tongues the whole time. He says, imagine what would happen. If the entire church gathered together speaking in different languages, one, oh no, another typo. <sighs> this isn't me, guys, I promise. All right. One foreign to the next. Then, okay, first of all, imagine what would happen. Just imagine that. Everybody speaking in different languages, one foreign to the next. Then people who have never heard of such a thing or unbelieving people walk up on all that's going on. Would they not think each and every one of you were raving lunatics okay paul states that when there are unbelievers or uninformed believers in our midst it's going to be weird to them or if they think we're raving lunatics that's going to turn them off to what's going on completely right to, to the unbelievers and the uninformed so it's important again to study these things for yourself do the work don't just take my word for it because my desire is for every single person in this room to be filled with the power of the holy spirit and walk in that power and anointing not neglecting any part of what the Spirit gives you. But there's going to be times, there's going to be times that it's, that the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do, the reason why we know that it's the Holy Spirit is because there's times that it's appropriate and times that it's not appropriate, right? And God knows better than anybody. God even lays it out and gives us order into how a service should be run. And Paul even said, if, if the room is filled with unbelievers or people that are uninformed, maybe believers that have never heard this before, they're going to think you're lunatics if they don't understand. Okay? So that's why we, we're, we're careful, but we're also very open <laughs> to what the Holy Spirit has. So in a Sunday service, um, why we're not calling everybody to just get up and speak in tongues and to pray in tongues is because maybe there are people here, maybe you're here today and you're like, I think you're a Arabian lunatic anyway because of what you're preaching, okay? That's okay, we can talk later. <laughs> um, but just be encouraged, again, that we are preaching from God's word, all right? But maybe there are people in a service that have never heard about this before. Maybe there are people in a service that don't know who Jesus is. We don't wanna turn them off to what the, to what the Holy Spirit has for them. There are times when you're, when you're together with, with a bunch of believers who are aware and who are informed, come to Saturday night prayer, first of all, uh, at six o'clock every Saturday night, um, because the Holy Spirit falls in this place, whether there's two people here or whether there's 50 people here. But there's times when you're going to be around other believers and, and you feel led to pray in the Spirit, go for it. Listen, that's okay. But God is a God of order and the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, so he's not going to force things on you that you're not ready for, first of all. But you need to be open to those things. So in a Sunday service, we want to make sure that we're helping people to be informed. But also be aware, as you're letting the Spirit flow through you, that there are going to be people around on a Sunday morning that don't know. That don't know, who are uninformed. And showing them that we're raving lunatics is not going to uh, be helpful to the kingdom work, right? So just be aware of that. God is a God of order, and the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. But also, the closer that we are to Christ... And the more that we're abiding in him and his word, the more that the Holy Spirit's going to give us understanding and insight. So be an abiding believer. Abide in his word and ask him for the understanding and insight. 
Use your discernment. Pray in tongues in privately and in corporately with other believers who are all informed. But remember, praying in tongues is for intercession and our own personal edification. Okay? They're distinct uses for the public gift of tongues that Paul's given us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 28 is here. And it says, if there's not an interpreter present, then one should stay silent during the gathering, speaking only to himself and to God. I probably should have put that earlier. But with the interpret with uh, speaking in tongues in the public, there needs to be an interpreter, right? Um, if, you, if you're given that gift. So just be aware that praying in tongues, intercession in tongues is for the personal edification. So if it's not for the edification of the whole body, then we need to keep it <laughs> as we're praying personally, right? Does that make sense to you guys? Do you understand? Cool. All right. So one more thing. One more thing to mention about tongues is that Paul wrote because he knew that speaking in tongues uh, was being misused and that it could be misused. He states in 1 Corinthians 14 that we should seek the gift of prophecy over the gift of tongues. And a lot of people use that to to uh, to go against speaking in tongues, they're like, well, Paul said we need to we need to seek the gift of prophecy over the gift of speaking in tongues. However, later on in the chapter, he tells us to passionately desire to prophesy, but not to ban speaking in tongues. Okay, just do everything in the proper order, is what he says. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he states that he desires that everyone speaks in tongues. So he's like, I thank God that I speak tongues in more, than, more than you, but you should desire to prophesy more than speaking in tongues. But I also desire that, you spe that everybody speaks in tongues. That, that sounds like a confused man, right? But he's trying to make a point here. He's like, listen, I know that this can be divisive. I know that it can be misused. But if you understood how the Holy Spirit could use it in your life. If you understood what he wants to do through you, and that if you're praying in tongues, how the Holy Spirit can pray through you, how he can intercede for you. And if you understood the miracle that it could be for people to hear their own language, the gospel message, and then to come to know Jesus. So his desire is that everybody speaks in tongues. And it's not just Paul's desire. The scripture is divinely inspired, right? So this is God's desire for us. That, yes, that everybody speaks in tongues, but not to just seek that because it's cool. Okay, not to just seek that because you want to be weird. Like, it's better to, uh, to seek to prophesy more because prophesying, everybody can understand. Somebody gives a word of prophecy to somebody that's an unbeliever, they're going to listen if it's right, <laughs> right? So just be aware of all of those things. So I know that I've given you a lot of information today, but I don't want us to be a church of uninformed believers who don't talk about these things because God's word is true and it's good. And I don't want to forsake anything that he teaches us or not use any of the gifts of the spirit that he has given us. <clears throat> because I can't do any of this on my own. You can't do any of this on, on your own. Our church, without, without the power of the Holy Spirit, it will go and it will start to be a dead church. Do you want to be a part of a dead church? Because I don't want to be a part of a dead church. We need to let the Holy Spirit use us. We need to let the Holy Spirit flow through us. We need to be surrendered and ready. <clears throat> but also be informed of how the Bible teaches because we can't just ignore those parts either. We can't just say, well, we need to let the Holy Spirit flow in a service and just let him do whatever he's going to do. Because that's ignoring what Paul teaches us too, right? So we need to be aware of how he's moving. We need to have discernment. And we need to understand better and better. So this is why it's important to be an abiding Christian. But again, I don't want to be a part of a dead church. I want to be a part of a, a vibrant and a live church that the Holy Spirit is using to reach unbelievers, right? <clears throat> Sorry. So that's why it's so important to study these things, to seek 
the Holy Spirit so that you can be filled with his power and to surrender to him. So, again, you may be here today, and you're like, okay, I've heard everything that you've said, but I don't understand a word of what you said because I think you're crazy. <laughs> again, we can talk more about that, but maybe you're here today and you're like, listen, I came to church today because I, I, I'm going through a rough time. I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. I don't even know uh, if, if, um, if I think any of this is real. All I know is that something pulled me here today. You're here for a reason. Don't let any of this that we've talked about today hold you back from what God wants to do in your life. Because what we're talking about is being filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Being filled with uh, the ability to go out and preach the gospel. But it starts, it starts at giving your life to Christ. <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat, and I'm so sorry. It starts at giving your life to Christ. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I don't even know if I'm, if, if I'm following Jesus with my life. All I know is that I'm here for, for some reason. Listen, we're here to talk to you. We want to talk to you. We want to help you. We want to walk through that with you. And again, those that are here that have been following Jesus for a long time, the more that we abide, the more we're going to understand these things. So if you don't understand a word of what we've said, because you don't even know if you're following Jesus, that first step is to follow Jesus. All right? So um, I'm going to invite uh, a couple people up here to the altar. We're going to play a little bit of music in the background. But uh, Ed and Peggy, if you guys want to come up, and maybe Sean um, to, and Mary, if you guys, um, if you have never accepted Jesus to be the leader of your life, if you have never taken that step, today's your day. Okay, um, it's almost Christmas time, and a lot of people go to church on Christmas and Easter, right? But we don't want that to just be you go to church and then you leave, and then you go the whole year without without going to church. We want people to come to know Jesus. That's uh, that's our main goal, right? To come to know Jesus, to do the kingdom work, and then we want to help people to grow. So why don't you guys all stand with us today? And if you just need prayer for anything else today, then that's awesome. Come up and ask for prayer. Everybody here at the altar is ready and equipped to pray with you. Tasha, would you mind closing us in prayer today? The Holy Spirit's here. And uh, like Pastor Zach said, if this is your first time hearing about any of this, we, we want to be a church that's led by the Spirit. And if you knew the power that comes when the Holy Spirit is evident, you'd want so much more of it too. struggling, maybe you're following Jesus and it's heavy. 
exciting. It can feel stressful or overwhelming or sad. God, I pray that as we cast our burdens at your feet, all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of our worries, the weight of life sometimes just feels heavy. But God, we thank you that we can.